0: You know what old Jack Burton always says at a time like this? Who? Jack Burton. Me. Big trouble in Little China, Mac and Cheese, next. When your weekends all spin up and you got Monday coming down the pike, sometimes all you need is a little comfort to get you through to Monday. Mac and Cheese Movies, where we believe in comfort food and comfort movies.
1: This is Jack Burton in the Pork Chop Express, and I'm talking to whoever's listening out there. Pretty amazing planet we live on here. And a man would have to be some kind of fool to think we're all alone in this universe. There is a hidden world where ancient evil weaves a modern mystery. What's going on here is this some kind of
0: magic. The darkest magic. Ow! They call it Little China. Finally, we shall bring order out of chaos it's where big trouble was waiting for jack
1: burton who jack burton me jack 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 they told him to go to hell make one move and that's just where he's going somebody i don't care who tell me what is going on I have no idea
0: Hello, welcome to Mac and Cheese Movies I'm Scotty Coppedge And he's talking to us on the Pork Shop Express Chad Newman
1: On a dark and lonely night
0: Hey Scotty Hey, good to see ya
1: Good to see you too
0: Today we're going to be talking about Big Trouble in Little China With Kurt Russell, directed by John Carpenter There were some options we could have made for food Fish Heads?
1: Fish Heads, yeah. Fish Heads. Is, uh, it seems like, don't they eat some noodles? I think they're at a restaurant eating some noodles at
0: one point. I could have done this. Um, you know, Magic Potion, we could have done that. I do have a beer out of DFW called Big Trouble in Little D. It's our nature to brew, is what it says. It's a DDH Jasmine India Pale Ale Double Dry Hopped IPA with Calypso and Lemon Drop Hops and Jasmine Green Tea. This is, like, a very good, like, a lot of um, IPA beers are kind of bitter or kind of strong. This is, like, real hazy and kind of light, and you can really feel the uh, lemon drop hops and everything just kind of making it sweeter here. Does it
1: make you feel kind of invincible?
0: Oh, yeah. Um, See things no man can see, do things no man can do. That's how this beer makes you feel. That should be on the can. It's
1: kind of hot. Is it hot in here or is it just me? (laughs) <clears throat> That's really great luck to find a beer that is named after the movie that we're talking about today.
0: Yeah, when I got this beer a few months ago, and I've I just been in my cabinet waiting for this moment when we did Big Trouble in Little China.
1: Have you seen other beers that are named after or somehow kind of incorporate a movie into them?
0: Yeah, like a lot of like independent craft beers like do that. Like what? Mmm... Like American Beauty beer? Oh. <laughs> it has like a piece of garbage floating around.
1: The <laughs> <world>. <laughs> The floating bag. <laughs> uh, what, what, would be, what would be a beer that's kind of an homage to a movie that you, because of that movie, you would not drink it?
0: I would not drink it?
1: Yeah. I'm thinking any John Waters movie. I oh. I drink anything that's based on that.
0: Like the Hairspray beer?
1: Yeah, or Crybaby. Or
0: Crybaby beer? beer? It might be good.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You never know until you try, right? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, What was your wife saying about spectrums?
0: Oh, we're all on a spectrum.
1: (laughs) So the Crybaby beer probably helps you to figure out where you are on whatever spectrum that is measuring.
0: It might just mean, hey, I like this. John, salty? Is that the, what his, this um, this beer made of Johnny Depp's tears?
1: He may need some cash. He's got some legal troubles. He should chill out and watch Big Trouble in Little China. He's,
0: yes. For where sure. Talk,
1: where, where do we start with this movie?
0: <clears throat> well, according to the legends of IMDb, a rough and tumble trucker and his sidekick face off with an ancient sorcerer in a supernatural battle beneath Chinatown.
1: Is that is that a good tagline? Would that have sold little Scotty?
0: Yeah, I think I think so. Yeah.
1: Is that, do you think that pretty accurately describes what the movie is?
0: I think so. I think I think that's better than a lot of things. Like IMDb writes.
1: Yeah, I think that's pretty good. My wife. Uh, <laughs> My wife told me just this morning I brought up that I said we should have you on this podcast So that you could talk about how bad you think this movie oh, is Oh, she
0: thinks it's bad?
1: I, I made her and the kids watch it a few years ago And I was very excited about this And she had no excitement whatsoever In fact, she kind of surmised That... Uh, Maybe you had to grow up with this movie to find it watchable. <laughs> and this so this morning when I was reminding her, I was saying, hey, you should come. It'd be fun if you came on this podcast and you could give us, you know, your take on this. She said, well, I think the only reason I don't care for the movie is because I didn't see it as a child. And I said, wait a minute. You're saying that the only a child, like the only reason I like this movie is because somehow this childlike attachment to it. And she was like, well, yeah. Um, now to, to counter that my older kids like this movie too. And, and they didn't, you know, they have options. <laughs> they have a lot more options than we did. So I think, I think this movie holds up no matter
0: what. This came out in 1986. So I must've seen this in 1987. On cable, right? On HBO, you know? It was yeah. um yeah. My mom, who has a good eye for things that I'm going to like, was like, hey, you know, one afternoon, she's like, hey, this is on. I think you'll probably like it. Um,
1: Had your mom seen
0: it? I don't know. That's, uh, I, I don't know. She may have, I, she may have been like, hey, this has got Kurt Russell in it. Hey, this has got some fighting in it or something. Um, like,
1: hey, this is a rough and tumble sidekick facing off against an ancient sorcerer beneath Chinatown. This yeah. is all about my Scotty.
0: yeah, and i I think I, I was I didn't see the very first of it, you know, and it was like I'm five minutes in, and the water and the elevator scene happens, and I was like, oh okay, oh my god this is this is amazing,
1: yeah, so i we discovered this on h b o as well, so I guess it would have been eighty seven so what, Bert, I'm eight years old, you're six or seven I'm six years or old. seven, yeah, that's a perfect time to discover this movie, oh yeah. <laughs> And we we had a we recorded it you know with the VCR and <laughs> as often happened then so you remember those days when you didn't know what was about to come on and s- until like you know the HBO does their little logo and then the opening credits I remember being so disappointed so many times because it would be like the the studio logo of a movie that I liked and then the music comes in and it's oh this is not that movie this <laughs> is. <laughs> This is something for grownups. I don't want to watch this, but, um, having it video recorded, we watched it a lot. And I think maybe we didn't start recording until we already knew, Oh, this is big trouble in little China. So that opening scene where Shan is talking to, was, he talking to a detective or something. A lawyer. It's his lawyer.
0: If I'm going to be your lawyer. lawyer.
1: So we didn't have that scene. It's going to start with Jack Burton and, uh, yeah, that's, so that was kind of like the ingrained memory. Watching it again, I was like, oh yeah, there's this scene where he's talking to a lawyer at the beginning. And and of course, now I'm like, why is he talking to a lawyer? What kind of, I mean, is he he faces some liabilities here?
0: I think I I, I don't know. That's a great, I guess maybe the authorities got involved, like after this nothing really happened. Everything happens in the Wang Kong building.
1: Right, so I'm not even sure like, like who outside of chinatown is even aware of this uh i do love when egg in that lawyer you leave jack burton alone <laughs> i mean it builds the myth that adds to the oh wow we're about to meet some mythical
0: guy mm-hmm. jack burton yeah yeah, yeah. it's, it's so we
1: loved it from the get-go
0: and electri- who knows, it's electrifying when he does the yes. the little magic and he's like yeah, that's how that's how it starts. Like very small.
1: As a little kid, my brothers and I, as little kids, my brothers and I, we we really thought, or maybe I mean, it, it was a hope more than a thought, but we thought there's got to be some way where you can focus enough yeah. to make some sparks fly between your hands. There's got to be a way that we can be like Egg Shen.
0: Yeah, and you see, yeah, and you see, like this is this is like a pretty. This is going to be a good character, even though if you didn't didn't know it, you're like. This guy's gotta be important. Yes,
1: and uh and because of that, I kind of never wanted to see Egg Shan in anything else. I'm, I'm saying Egg Shan. I don't know what the actor's name is. I think it's
0: Victor Wong, uh, maybe?
1: Is that Victor Wong? I'm, i have I'm I think you're right. Yes, Victor Wong. I don't know that I ever did see him in anything else, but that character for the Newman Boys was so iconic that we didn't yeah. need to see Victor Wong in anything. Just keep him as egg sham, Pay him pay him whatever royalties so he can live a nice life. Keep him as egg sham.
0: He's in tremors.
1: He is in tremors. That's right. Tremors not to be confused with critters.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes.
1: <laughs> or munchies <laughs> or any of those other that genre mm-hmm. of one-worded monster movies.
0: I I have this in my notes. We're on the same wavelength. I said we taped it off HBO, so I had it on tape, watched it for years, like I did a bunch of other stuff on HBO. Um, That's like the whole cabinet of VHS tapes, is stuff that was on HBO. Um,
1: We had Stripes, same thing, I was missing the beginning, like the very opening scenes of Stripes I was missing, so I'm very well versed with five minutes into a lot of those movies. Yeah. Really and tough.
0: you, and you're able to just jump in you're like, Hey, this is it. And then like, you right. never really see that first five minutes. Um, every, and just, just like egg Shan, like everyone in this movie, I'm like, I'm kind of ride or die for, you know, Kurt Russell, obviously Wang, that actor, if he wants to be in more stuff, great. Kim Cattrall, like when they're like, when Kim Cattrall gets booted from six sex in the city, I'm like, they're kicking Gracie Law off the show. <laughs> so I,
1: the, you're the one that kind of crazy that we're talking about sex in the city. Now you're the one who actually got me to watch sex in the city. I came to see you at the university of North Texas in your apartment. You, I think you had class. So you're like, okay, I'm going to go to class. I'll be back later. And I, I remember asking like, what should I do? And you're like, I've got this sex in this <laughs> box set. You should watch it. And it was I mean, at that time it was 2001, so it was probably however many It was season
0: one, six videotapes.
1: It was only one season. Okay. In my memory, it's this huge box. It wasn't. I'm sure it was huge. So all day long, uh, I was like, Sex in the City, this, why do I want to watch this? And you're like, Gracie Law's in this. So I was like, oh, okay, well, I'll watch it. So. I think you were doing more than just going to class. I don't remember any college days being like six hours in class. You were gone a while. I just binged the first season of Sex in the City because Gracie Law was in it.
0: I think it was summer school. The classes are a little bit longer. Well, and I probably whatever. went to lunch or something.
1: <laughs> I think you were like trying to do a lot of dating at that period. So you're probably trying to make a little progress. <laughs> Chad's fine. He's got the v- VCR. He's got a whole box set of Sex and the City. Box set <laughs> of s- <laughs>
0: Sex and the City. This is what two thousand. This is two thousand one when you came over. I had a DVD player, but I and I that was like in the heyday of getting a DVD. Yes,
1: yeah, so I don't know why you had the VC, VHS season
0: one. Well, I think I probably got that like a year before, like, or like before before I got oh. the DVD player.
1: Yeah.
0: So I was still in that. You're still in that VHS DVD hybrid era.
1: There's a transitional period. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where where VHS well, in a pinch, VHS will work. Could yeah. you even do you even have a VHS player now?
0: Not in this house. I mean at my parents' house. Um
1: Yeah, so like, you know, the the old big trouble in little China recordings, is that still at your parents' house? Oh
0: yeah. Oh yeah. We'll have to go through that when my parents die at some point. Like I'm in Maybe we,
1: okay, next time, I'm in, next time I'm in Wichita Falls, let's go to your parents' house and pull out the – we're going to watch Big Trouble Little China, not in high definition. It's probably going to look horrible on a modern TV, but we'll watch it with some tracking, see if we can still twist the knob and adjust the tracking.
0: Yeah, get yeah. Get the full effect. In third grade, my friend Aaron like, loved this movie and we'd quote it to each other. And we'd also, like, pick out, like, our favorite of the three storms. Um, Which is your favorite of the three storms, Chad?
1: So I can do it this way. I can say who my least – Thunder was my least favorite.
0: Is that the leader?
1: He's the one who blows up at the
0: end. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: And I think he looked – this is kind of a nitpicky thing. His nostrils flared a whole lot because he's always, you know, stressed and tense. And so that made me like, Ugh, I don't like this guy. The nostrils are flaring all the time. And then when he does explode at the end, it's kind of a weird reminder, but it reminded me of the Garbage Pail Kid movie <laughs> because he looks like, I mean, I, I haven't seen that movie in knows how long. In fact, I think I went to the movie theater to see the Garbage Pail Kids movie. But the effects, he looks so grotesque that it just reminded me of that. Yeah. So Thunder, Thunder's going to be my least favorite. You know, Honestly, I think Rain was my favorite. The guy with the long hair.
0: That is some majestic long hair.
1: It was, and and I, in preparing for today, I read that it was a wig. He didn't really have those that, those
0: locks. Is he the one with? The, is that the three thousand dollar wig? It may have been. It may have been. Somebody was talking. Uh, about, I don't know if it was the actor who played Lopan or if it was that guy. But it was like, yeah, it would be in makeup for hours to get this three thousand dollar wig on.
1: Uh, but you know, I really lightning the one who could shoot all the lightning he was really the coolest probably.
0: he is the coolest he's my favorite he's got nothing really to do i don't think he really has really any lines or anything else
1: and he really doesn't i mean he kind of always lets the other guys do the fighting first yeah but but he is he's the only thing he says is kind of like that yeah. like you know a lot of mystical sounds as he's channeling lightning
0: yeah, where Thunder's got the lines, it's like, ha, 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 ha. I can help you. Uh, right. And then right. he takes them and gasses them in the elevator. And
1: and, and he wears a, he's wearing a three-piece suit, I think. I
0: think. I think Rain is wearing a suit sometimes, too. I don't see the third dude wearing a suit at all.
1: Yeah. And the, so the death scenes, if you – what do you think about their death scenes? For lightning being so cool, his death scene is a little anticlimactic. Just a
0: rock. <laughs> it's a rock on the head.
1: <laughs> so first order, the of course the best death is Thunder Expl- and I don't even know why does he explode? Because Lopan's dead, he fills up with air, I guess. Yeah. It's, I mean it doesn't matter. Let's not let's not let's not worry about it. He explodes. Yeah. That's a pretty dramatic death.
0: Yeah. Rain has the best death.
1: Jumping through the air, sword fighting with Wayne? Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, the way they filmed that, I really, you know, my seven year old mind, I was like, holy cow, these guys are flying through the air. Like, really, they're really, they train these actors or something to jump through the air and fight each other in the air. This is amazing.
0: And you think you can do it?
1: Right. If, sure. And then I realized, no, I'm I'm in the air for a second before I'm hitting the ground.
0: Doesn't Wang run up like kind of like upside down in...
1: Yes, like an arch. <laughs> he runs and like this. Yeah, he runs up. I thought
0: if I you can run do that faster, too. You can do that. I just have to yeah. work real hard at that.
1: Yeah, I this it's funny that as we talk about this the message that I'm remembering as a little kid was I'm just not working hard enough. <laughs> If I worked a little harder, I could be like these guys. Yeah, But, but you know, I guess what that highlights is that in reality, we're really more like Jack Burton than anybody who's doing anything truly amazing in this movie.
0: (laughs) And I read something really interesting about that. Um, Where is this? It says that the potion, you know, the potion made Wang be able to do all this stuff and all these other people able to do all this stuff. But like Jack kind of sucks. Um, even though he's had the potion and James. it said that it, the potion magnifies the person. If they're fast, it makes them faster. If they're good with a sword, it makes them better with a sword. Jack doesn't have any of that. He does have the fast reflexes and that's how he's able to catch the knife and kill Lopan later. Scotty, I'm going
1: to confess to you. I, until this moment, I have never made a connection that the potion did anything <laughs> seriously. I it didn't occur to me that Wang's able to do all this because of the potion or Jack can catch the knife because of the potion that truly I, it, yeah, I'll confess that was lost on me this whole time. Yeah. I thought the potion really was just kind of like,
0: uh, like cocaine.
1: Like they're trying – they're just trying to get Jack to drink some Asian drink and they have to – to do so, they have to lie to him and tell him it's a potion that's going to make him strong and powerful. Uh, OK. Well, my, my my views are now changed. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That magnifies it. The only thing Jack has going for him is some luck and reflexes.
0: Yeah. And that bravado, that just kind of irrational confidence. You want that guy on your team. I like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, oh sure. Yeah. He um so you know, I mean it's for those of us who love this movie, it's easy to picture the poster and Jack's there front and center. I mean, everything about this movie says that Jack is the hero, except that he's really the sidekick in the story. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really Wayne's story, right?
0: Yeah. It's he's the one getting trying to get the girl back and everything. He's the one that's after something.
1: he gets the girl in the end. He's doing a lot of the heroic fighting. He's very brave. Um, Jack, I guess he's just the most charming one of the movie.
0: He is. And I, I do like that in this movie, you've got all, it's not like Jack comes in and he knows more than these people who've been preparing for this for centuries right. or he's, yeah, he has no idea. I mean, even Eddie, like, is he's like, oh, first time you ever plugged a guy? He's like, of course not. Like, so even he's Eddie, obviously a Yeah, even Eddie has like, you know, more kind of skills and he's killed people and everything else. Everybody else in the movie is like, be able to outdo Jack on everything.
1: Right. Jack is, he's not the white savior of this movie, he's the white dude who gets caught in the movie. Yeah, I love that you bring up Eddie. Yeah, Eddie, first time you ever plug someone <laughs> with this kind of condescension. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, oh, uh, but you know, it also told me. So again, coming from a seven-year-old mentality, because of the way Eddie says that, oh, first time you ever plug someone, like it's a given that at some point in adulthood you will have <laughs> killed someone. So I'm thinking, all right, some point in my life, i it's just unavoidable as a grown man. You're gonna have to kill somebody.
0: Yeah, and it's like the, uh, the the water in the elevator. That's gonna be happening.
1: Right at some point, you know, back to the Back to the Future thing that we've discussed. At some point, you're gonna have to punch somebody out with one punch in life. Princess Bride. At some point, you're gonna deal with quicksand, and this you need to know. You need to be yeah. prepared. <laughs> this is what these movies did to us. They they set these really bizarre expectations for what adulthood would be. Uh, I thought this is what I made in my list: hoagie sandwiches. It's the big sandwich that he's eating on the truck. truck. I thought, all right, well, this is you know, as a grown-up, you got to eat sandwiches like that, not like PB and J with the crust cut off. You've got to eat some big thing where meat's falling out and lettuce, lettuce.
0: Yes.
1: So Jack Burton became kind of this. Archetype adult male for me. Like, oh, this, I'm going to have to wear, I wrote this down, uh, a tank top tucked into my jeans. <laughs> <laughs> and with these boots that come up, you know, mid calf, a knife in the boot. My brothers and I were all about, oh, you, well, you got to get boots with, they can hold knives. You never know. <laughs> you never know. You may have to be, when you're on your back, shove a knife <laughs> through your boot into some, <laughs> Middle Chinese war, warrior statue thing. Um, what else are at? Truck drivers. Did this movie do anything for you and truck drivers?
0: I didn't want to be a truck driver, but I want to be a truck driver now and have the podcast.
1: <laughs> Watching this, I thought I'd, I, I'd never thought of truck drivers as anything necessarily heroic, but I thought, man, being a truck driver seems kind of cool. You're driving through the night. You're talking to whoever. chop Express. Man, this is something.
0: This was a this was a good time for like cool truck drivers because we also have Smoking the Bandit in this like ten year stretch.
1: Right, right. And I think so. One thing I was thinking about Kurt Russell in this. He's muscular, but he's not ripped. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's in fact, he looks fairly normal. I mean, yeah. He's. I read that. He worked out for two months. <laughs> two months <laughs> and started <laughs> <You> know, running. <laughs> he's probably <laughs> right.
0: smoking like afterwards too. <laughs>
1: exactly. He's smoking. He's drinking the Big Trouble and Little D Beers <laughs> during the workout. Um, but it's this idea of like what a masculine, healthy male, uh, male was, was very different then. Uh, it wasn't like – I mean he's eating hoagie sandwiches. I mean just carbs and fats and stuff and uh, – drinking all the beer, stuff that, you know, I follow Dwayne The Rock Johnson on Instagram. He's not doing that stuff. No. And so it's just this very different idea of what, of masculinity. Mm -hmm. Kurt Russell could be the male hero and be kind of doughy. Whereas today, I don't think that, I don't think anybody lets him do that.
0: Hugh Jackman, when he was playing Wolverine, to get his body into shape for that was like, having to wake up every three hours um in the night and eat like it's not a live chicken but he's eating something crazy like that um in the middle of the night to be able to get like his body ripped and then like to be all like the veins and everything
1: yeah yeah kurt russell was not doing that for big trouble china and nobody was doing that in movies in the 80s
0: no they just took some steroids if they needed to like arnold (laughs)
1: <laughs> if you got to get really jacked, just get some steroids. <laughs> this is like a we're we're saying a, an exact conversation that some studio execs were having back like before Commando. They're like, "Well, Arnold needs a little more time to get a little bigger," and they're like, "What? Just get him some steroids. Get him jacked to carry the tree on his shoulder. It's fine."
0: Jack Burton also is really a completely different kind of leading man than like what we've got in this in this era. We've got Indiana Jones, we've got like everybody everybody who's like this is like knows exactly what they're doing. And everything else, Jack Burton, in the final battle, he shoots and like the Brock hits him and he just gets knocked down like immediately. <laughs> right.
1: So, you know, thinking about that, what made what made Indiana Jones so cool? Uh he was confident, yes. But he also he had he had the skills to back up the confidence. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. Jack is confident, but really doesn't have the skills to back it up. But he's not he's not like a loser. He's not a geek or something. Um, but he's still very cool. Yeah, he he definitely knows what to say at the right time. Uh, you know, his his great one liners. Um, I don't know that. I don't know that Indiana Jones has any one-liners, does he? I can't think of any. I, right.
0: I can't think of any right now.
1: Um. So yeah, you're right. It was a, it was a very different kind of 1980s action.
0: Mm-hmm. Really yeah. kind of progressive.
1: <laughs> Jack Burton is a very progressive yes. character. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And Lo Pan. Pan has been a favorite for me and you for as long as we've known each other, I think.
0: Um, Love Lopan. Love exactly. the actor.
1: Um, I was looking this up. James Hong, who's the actor who plays Lopan, He's got to be, what, like 90 years old now? I mean, he was pretty old in Big Trouble Little China.
0: It felt like he was super old back then. Yeah, and then you see him in the West Wing. And West Wing was 20 years ago. Um,
1: He's 93 years old.
0: So he was only yeah, like 53 back then?
1: I guess so. Yeah. I guess so. Um, interesting. I think he was an engineer before he became an actor. The IMDb ba- uh, bio says he graduated from the University of Southern California. He's actually from Minnesota. He was born in Minneapolis. Maybe he was babysitting Prince. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. He, he he was a civil engineer for, for in Los Angeles and he would take sick leave, vacation time, to be in movies.
0: That's awesome.
1: I'm not taking sick leave to be in movies. What am I doing?
0: <laughs> I love hearing about these mid-career reaches into like Hollywood.
1: Well, yeah, especially now. When we were 18, we didn't care about him, but now it's like, man, this sounds
0: pretty amazing. <laughs> and Alan Rickman was like that too. He didn't start doing stuff till he was like 38. Wow. I think he was in advertising or he was in sales. Something. He's like, I want to try acting for a little bit and has his career.
1: There you go. There you go. So James Hong is in this new movie uh, that we actually, it finally came to Longview. So Lacey and I are going to go see it.
0: What is it? Um, is it a multiverse everything,
1: movie? Everything, everywhere, all at once. We're going to see that tonight. So are we, we got tickets. Yeah, we'll have to to compare notes afterwards. But James Hong is in it, as well as. Data? I hate to. As well as, I was going to say, as well as data. Yeah. And short round.
0: Data from Goonies, not data from Star Trek.
1: (laughs) I'm glad you said that. For some reason, my mind went to Johnny Five from Short Circuit. Of course, not Johnny Five. Johnny Five's not in this movie, I think he's retired. (laughs) What
0: do you, what do you love about Lo Pan? I mean he's he's super cool when you're a kid. There's really no kind of villain kind of like this that I've seen in a movie. I'm sure there is in comics and other stuff, but like seeing him on this last viewing, the fact that he's this old man, he's a super rich 1000-year-old man who's like has this curse and then like the demon like comes out and like the low, the low pan. And like, it's kind of, it's just kind of charming. And he's not like, I guess, terrifying. Like, um, he's like, he's like, you know, yeah, I'm going to whatever. I don't know. What do you think?
1: Uh, yeah, I think I like that. He's, he's still likable. He's not, um, we don't see him doing like any like really horrific stuff. So that's, you know, that's good, especially for watching it as a kid. Um, he's, I don't know that he's evil so much as he is just incredibly selfish. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think, I don't know, I think kind of everybody in the movie plays their part well. Uh, even Eddie, Eddie's probably, Eddie and Margot are probably my, my, my least favorite talking characters, but it's fine. You know, I mean. Like we said, Eddie serves a purpose to kind of question Jack's masculinity because he's never killed anybody before.
0: (laughs) Well, Margo is supposed to be lame because Gracie says, I've been trying to get anybody from the press to, like, talk to me about this. And this is her from, like, the Berkeley Press or whatever the hell she's in. And she doesn't even know what she's doing. It's like – Gracie Law is like, her pen is mightier than your sword. And she's like, yeah. (laughs) Like…
1: Right, right. Um, there's some great stuff for Russell to do in the movie when he's infiltrating the brothel.
0: <laughs> kind and, of and I didn't like even really understand character. what that meant when I was seeing this on HBO in '87. Oh, you needed to you, you, you just kind of I. see this stuff and you're just kind of like, okay, I don't really, you don't even really question it, it, but he's like, you don't, I don't think it was in, I wasn't thinking about sex trafficking or that he's in a prostitution brothel or anything like that. You just kind of like, They're trying to find the girl.
1: Right, right. I I remember thinking, so I guess this is like a place where young Asian girls hang out. Yeah. Maybe she's there. It's like the YMCA of Chinatown. (laughs) And you got this mean kind of matronly woman standing guard over everybody. Uh, Of course, it's a very different scenario. And, you know, I, I suppose if they made this movie today, which I read that Maybe Dwayne Johnson is wanting to do a remake of
0: this. That's like a that was like a 5-year-old story. So I don't know if he's going to do that. Um okay. but like I, re- I, I I've read that too and I don't I think they would really kind of clean this movie up in that regard.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I hope they don't do that. I hope they don't, I mean, I hope they don't remake
0: this. Don't movie. don't don't do it.
1: Um for one I don't think Dwayne The Rock Johnson and I, I find him charming. I mean, he's you know, it's kind of like Ryan Reynolds; they both kind of just play the same character, mm-hmm. but you like seeing them in these different movies. Um, but I don't think he's Jack Burton.
0: No, and I think, I think, I think there was also five five years ago when that was like that story came out. Like they were like, maybe Chris Pratt could be Jack Burton, and this is like back when they were wanting Chris Pratt to be in everything. They're like. like- yeah indiana jones and like let's let's do that it's like well number one chris pratt cannot be in everything um and then it's like well um chris pratt's made his whole career thanks to jack burton and kurt russell
1: i think that's right yeah i actually so i was thinking about this and usually we talk about if they did a remake who would you cast that kind of thing um I was kind of like, you know, I think Guardians of the Galaxy owes a lot to Big Trouble in Little China.
0: Yeah, there's a whole Marvel franchise indebted to Big Trouble in Little China.
1: Because uh, the Peter Quill character, in a lot of ways, he's made, he's probably more insecure than Jack Burton was, but he's really just kind of a riff on Jack Burton.
0: Mm-hmm. And everybody not- in the, in his team is stronger than him until we kind of find out that he is like kind of superhuman. Yeah. At the right,
1: at the, very, at the very end. But otherwise, yeah, his team is more skilled than he is. And he's he's just kind of a charming bumbler. Yeah, bumbler. Um, But, you know, thinking about it, okay, so if they were going to remake this movie, if they first, it, it seemed like it was easier to think about filmmakers to do the movie than actors. I think James Gunn would be the one to do it. Yeah. He seems it seems like with James Gunn, now this may be just kind of like fan speculation. It seems like we could probably talk about the same way you and I are talking about these movies, we could probably talk he would probably have similar things to say. He probably watched them around the same time and there just seems to be that sensibility. A lot of the stuff that he does seems to have uh kind of an homage to these kinds of movies, these kind of Cult movies from the '80s that failed at the box office, but really were charming and just weren't marketed right, kind of out of their time. Um, but I could see James Gunn; I think would do it service, and Chris Pratt probably could be Jack Burton, or at least close to it. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I think so. I don't, um...
1: but I think the, the 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 temptation would be to put somebody like Kevin Hart as Jack Burton, like make this into like a <laughs> glossy action comedy like so many of the ones that we see.
0: Kevin Hart is Jack Burton. Oh, man. Um,
1: or, I guess, I mean, even Ryan Reynolds, I don't think would be right for it.
0: I get tired of the Ryan Reynolds shtick at this point.
1: We watched, um, the, is it The Adam Project? Is that what it's called? Yeah, it's on, it's Netflix. on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. I didn't like it. Um some people in my house liked it, but I didn't like it. And, and it was kind of, it was because of that. I thought the Ryan Reynolds shtick works well with like the Deadpool character and maybe that's it. I don't know, but I don't know. Overkill, maybe too much of it.
0: That it seems to be all he's doing now.
1: Yeah. is playing uh, that movie, Red Notice. I didn't like that either. But that may be, you know, we should we could probably talk about this sometime. So many people want to do movies on for like Netflix or Hulu or whatever. They're skipping the the theater release and so they don't test the movies. You know, for a long time we heard about how terrible that is to have these studio executives involved with the movies and how they, they water them down and they kind of ruin them. And then now we have this model where purportedly Netflix is kind of hands-off, they'll give them the money, say make whatever movie you need to make and as a result they're kind of all over the place and they're not very disciplined and as a result they're not very good.
0: Yeah, I think you right. I think you I think you're right. Yeah, I think there's some stuff like I think Palm Springs is really good. I think some of the movies that have come out have been very good, but like you're right. If you're just given hey, we're not going to make any changes on this. We're going to give the director everything they want, and a lot of times that is a problem when you don't have somebody to kind of check you, especially when it's like, kind of like a very successful director.
1: We watched, um, there was a Chris Pratt movie on Amazon prime last year, the tomorrow war. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I didn't see it.
1: It it wasn't good. I mean, it was like, this is unfocused. This is all over the place. Clearly nobody was telling them guys, this isn't working. You need to tighten it up. Uh, But then because it's streaming You know, I think it was like the number one streamed movie of the summer or something. Just, I guess, just what it is. So today, would they release a Big Trouble in Little China movie in the theaters, do you think? Or would it go direct to streaming? Or would it be a series? Limited series? Probably
0: a series. It's probably a series, unfortunately.
1: And if they're going to lean into it, they probably make it a little raunchier there's, I mean, there's really no language in this movie as it is. They mm-hmm. probably make it more of a – do you think so? You think they make it more or, of a – Or
0: maybe they make it more family-friendly.
1: They do one or the other. Yeah. I think they don't They don't walk the middle of the road like they did for the original movie. <clears throat> I
0: don't yeah, lo- think that's right. I love the the first – like the kidnapping of Malian is so – is the definition of pre-9-11. Um, oh. You're getting to be like at the gate – um, these guys with all these weapons are able to get into the airport and then make out with the girl. There isn't any TSA. There's any security, like,
1: right? Yeah, yeah. They're they look suspicious and scary, and nobody bats an eye. It's just kind of like, oh, just how it goes at just, the airport.
0: <laughs> yeah. And like,
1: when was the first time you flew on an airplane? Did you fly on planes in the yeah. Did you ever see any Asian gangs at the airport?
0: Every time. <laughs> Every time.
1: <laughs> Pre-9-11, there were always gangs of some sort at the airport. They're always, they're
0: always taking some girl. There's always some trucker trying to, like, step in.
1: You're like, Mom, it's a good thing you don't have bright green eyes. <laughs> Otherwise, you
0: would be stolen at the airport. Yes. Yeah. The, um... Yeah. When Jack and Wang are in the street, in the truck, and the big gang fight, like, happens. It's like, you know, between these two rivals. I mean, I was thinking about how terrifying this is. Like, the, all of this, like, these people with all these weapons, and they're killing each other. My parents, and I, I don't know when this was. I was with my parents, and I don't know if I was probably 16 or 17. And I was, like, outside, like, a Hollywood video, I think. Um... And we were backing up, and like two or three guys got into a fist fight in the parking lot, like right behind the car, our car, yeah. as we were pulling out. My mom's freaking out. She's like, "Walter, just drive!" And my dad's like trying not to run over these men and kill them. And so they're like hitting the window of the car and everything of your car. Yes, of your parents' car. Yes, wow. it's, and I'm in the back seat. It's that's pretty scary. And this yeah. is just like two or three dudes. This isn't an army of freaking dudes that are out to kill each other. So, yeah. Yes.
1: Well, so, you know, that's, um, I think that's another thing talking about the, the kind of way the, the movies set up this kind of false sense of, or false expectations. Um, that's wide scale mm-hmm. violence. And, and interestingly enough, watching it again for this, It's not bloody. There's no, I mean, you know, severed heads aren't popping off and blood squirting out. It's not Kill Bill. Um, but it's this mass violence, and it's somehow, for, the, for me, it was tolerable. Like, oh, okay, yeah, this is mass violence. Oh, here's the good guys. Here's the bad guys. We root for the good guys. We hope they can whoop the bad guys. But in reality, even a, a, a small instance like what you're describing of violence is very scary. You know, at being at school, see real fight breakout was kind of a panic-inducing thing. Oh, this is this is real violence. Real violence is not is not so tolerable.
0: No, no.
1: Yeah, so that, that false thing or Yeah. Thing for a kid, yeah, I, I I know what you mean. There's you know, there's tons of YouTube videos of people having of like kind of everyday violence, like people getting in. Fights or whatever. Oh, yeah.
0: Like, any any fights at school, there's, like, people videoing it on their phone.
1: And there um, – seems like one day at work, kind of got into a little rabbit trail. Somebody, you know, sent a link, look at this, and then, you, you know, oh, you should look at this. And It was more and more of these just little fist fights or whatever, and it made me feel really anxious watching that. Like, I ugh, feel myself tense up to the point where I have to stop. But for whatever reason, watching these two – rival gangs in this movie kill each other in pretty rough ways
0: well it's it's the way it's shot and it's the way it's kind of choreographed like in a fight it's so not like the movies and it's just so no holds barred
1: yeah yeah it's uh yeah you're right there's no so i think i read that john carpenter was talking about how much effort went into choreographing that scene in particular and it took a lot i mean they had they had choreographers, they had fight coordinators, et cetera. And I mean, all this stuff going and they kind of trick photography to make some things look a certain way, shooting things in reverse. And um, anyway, such great effort goes into it that I think maybe as we watch it, you, you can kind of anticipate where it's going. So it, it gets into a rhythm of, oh, this is how it's going to go. And everything's kind of like watching a dance or something. Like, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maybe we expect that, like, oh, okay, everything's going to be okay because it's there's a rhythm to it. But in real life, there's no rhythm. No. it's A, a fight is just chaos. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's off put. And,
0: and there is, like, that bit of unpredictability even in that fight because you see him just with the weapons. Then you see some dude with a gun. Right. And you kind yeah. of think, oh, well, this, they're just going to do these swords and weapons and everything. And they're like, no, we've got these... Freaking machine guns, too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. To to mow down people. Um, it'd be interesting. A modern take. Probably becomes more violent. And a lot more deaths. And a lot more graphic deaths. And stuff. Uh, it's. I mean. You know. There's a lot of stuff going on in this movie. But it's. But the violence is still fairly tame.
0: Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. I think it's probably. It's not even R. I don't think this movie's R.
1: Yeah, I don't think. I mean, I think PG, PG or PG thirteen. PG
0: thirteen. I think it's... may. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And and again, so you know, talking about Jack as the hero during that, he's stuck and can't do anything. Mm-hmm. He doesn't help with that at all. He um, he ultimately gets out of the truck, but it's more freaking out because he ran over a low pan.
0: Yeah, and then he's blinded and like. Wayne has to unblind him.
1: When he does that, did you ever think, man, he's just throwing dirty puddle water in his face?
0: <laughs> I wasn't thinking about that until like recently.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah. What? What do you? And then crawling through all the fish and all that. Yeah, that's that's rough. It's all. Awesome. It's gonna smell terrible.
0: Yeah, and then he's in. He took a shower later because you see him in the that's, kimono, that's right. I guess. Yeah, he's wearing like a kimono.
1: <laughs> what about the guy eating? I I remember thinking you brought this up in a text to me. The fish eating the fish. These are, are these are just raw fish. That's what the guy's eating.
0: I um, don't. I don't. I think so. They're not
1: cooked. I don't. Yeah. I mean, they're not supposed to be cooked. I again, kind of like with okay, this is what adult life is. At some point, you may just have to eat a raw fish. It's so strange that that's. These movies in that time, the way they kind of ingrained certain ideas for what adult life would be.
0: I'm not going to eat a fish. I am not. I don't like eating after people anyway. So I would say, no, no, you already ate some of that. I don't, I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> I don't eat after people. That's the whole thing. Is, I don't share food. Uh, if you give me my own fish, maybe, but not now.
0: I'm about to go deal with this like 700-year-old demon and try to get this girl back. But no, I'm not, I'm okay.
1: I'm not sharing a fish with
0: you. I ate some I stuff earlier.
1: You don't know where I've been, Lou. That kind of thing. <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs>
1: um, back on this weird expectations thing, I remember distinctly being in the third grade, watching Weird Science and telling my mother, I think for next school year, I want to dress more like them. Like Wyatt and Gary, who are in you know these really kind of silly now, but fashionable clothes. And and my mom, I'm sure just humoring me, was kind of like, oh, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see about that. You know, a 10-year-old child dressing like this because, that again, that was the thought was, oh, you can do that. You can, this, this is how, you know, a sign of maturity means you dress like this.
0: I was kind of like that too and I'd be like, hey, mom, I want to get some of these cool vests, you know, that, that these people are wearing. <laughs> and my mom was like, I don't think they have that many vests in like Boys Dillard's.
1: <laughs> Same with uh, the Paradise City video. I thought I need uh, a jacket like Axel's wearing, and you know, and I'm nine years old. I need, I need this. Uh, I'm wondering what kind of psychological damage these movies did.
0: <laughs> we could probably get all this online. This is pre-internet, so that we can probably get all of this stuff for our children now.
1: And my kids wouldn't wear it. I would be the one wearing it. But the fact that, you know, the interesting thing is that that's true. We could probably get a white denim jacket like Axel wore. Maybe it was a leather jacket. We could get something like that. We could get tank top. We could get the exact tank top that Jack Burton wears. But we haven't and we probably won't. That's, you know. That's that's reality. Reality is adulthood is being able to get the Jack Burton tank top, but not getting
0: it. We're kind of secure. We're kind of like not. Oh, oh, you think I can't go get that? I'm I just ordered it, Chad. I just ordered it. It'll be here in three days.
1: All I'm saying is that my Christmas, my list of things to get you for your birthday or Christmas just got a little bit longer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Why don't we get the Marty McFly sleep in your clothes outfit, too? Like the
1: suspenders yes, and the, the shirt Yeah. and the underwear? I just Googled Jack Burton tank top, and there's many options.
0: There's a ton, yeah.
1: <laughs> many. I mean it's and it, in fact it kind of looks like low pan on the shirt. So do you think Jack hangs out in Chinatown a lot?
0: No, I think he's just there hanging out with Wang a little bit. He's honest like when he's in there for for business like or whatever a
1: t- making yeah. a delivery
0: yeah he was he was doing trucker stuff and then he was like just there for like the evening or whatever
1: tell me this did you ever try to slice a glass bottle with a knife or anything like that no never did tried you? It? did you want to try it no i think at like family reunions if if so if there was like you know a beer bottle or some sort of glass bottle i am certain brothers and I tried this
0: I think when there's all that boy energy um more of that kind of stuff can happen did that's, you do that's it
1: probably fair no we didn't slice it I, I don't I don't think, I mean I don't even know if that's real can you do that <laughs> you have to have some real sharp sword I think
0: I think I see someone with like a sword be able to cut like a wine bottle and maybe I'm just seeing I, that in a movie and thinking that it happened in my life
1: well that that's interesting that that happens that's that's a subject for a whole nother thing so I'm going to look up on YouTube, um, cutting glass bottle with sword.
0: People can do it. And the top,
1: the top thing is how to cut glass bottles. Three ways to do it. Uh, well, okay. Yeah, I guess this is a thing. There's some guy with a katana. Now, Wang doesn't have a katana, and he's slicing through, I don't know, it looks like maybe a dozen glass bottles. I guess a sign of Jack not being terribly intelligent is that he's sitting right in front of this.
0: In front of the bottle? Like that he's going to
1: sl- – Yeah. That he's no, not worried Wayne's about the there, shards
0: like, of glass?
1: Yeah. Gonna sh- if your mother was there and you were sitting where Jack Burton was, your mother may not stop Wang, but she's going to reposition you. She's like, no, now, Scotty, you need to sit behind him
0: <laughs> in case
1: this explodes. While
0: he's doing it.
1: I mean, Wang Wang's mom can worry about Wang, but I'm worried about you. Don't sit in front of him while he's trying to slice a glass bottle. And so, I guess the whole plot gets going because Wang is a terrible gambler.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's like double or nothing. It's like well, just what? What are you do? What are you doing? Um, exactly.
1: And and Jack, I remember even now. So. I don't recall you and I ever betting anything or anything like, oh, you owe me money now, Scotty, or I owe you money. But I've never collected on that kind of a bet ever. i bet you 50 bucks I can do this. You're on. And then they inevitably don't do it. I've never been like, you got to pay up, man. <laughs> but Jack is that way. Jack's like, you owe me, Wang.
0: Yeah, and we're taking, um, we're taking my truck to go get this girl at the airport pre-9-11. So,
1: so that you don't. Run away from owing me money Yeah Yeah, that's So I, I, to your point I guess Jack and Wang are not best friends They're just Hang out when I'm in town kind of thing Yeah Right?
0: Yeah, and, and, and then, I mean, that's kind of in it The rest of the movie, like Hey, I need to get my truck There's, there's not, like, any kind of, like, noble reason why He's sticking around But he's sticking right. around
1: Those trucks are expensive I've never seen a truck with as cool a name as Port chop Express. In fact, a lot of the trucks you see don't even have names. They're just like Amazon Prime or whatever.
0: They're not. <laughs> well, John Carpenter isn't naming trucks.
1: I read that they initially were like, hey, what if Jack, what about Jack Nicholson or Clint Eastwood as Jack Burton? So apparently the script was originally written as a Western. Mm-hmm. And then in, in like 1880s San Francisco, and then John Carpenter decided, "No, let's let's move this up to more modern time. Can can you even picture this with Jack Nicholson or Clint Eastwood?
0: I think probably what when it says that kind of stuff, it's like, hey, there's a movie being made. Let's ask Jack Nicholson if he wants to be in it. Let's ask Clint Eastwood if he wants to be in it. And That's then like, point. and then they're all, and then they're like, I guess you know, we we've named our ten guys. Um, I guess we'll do Kurt Russell then."
1: So, what you're saying is that at the time, there's a list of A list actors who get to see every.
0: Yeah, they, they, yeah. We just have to put the call out.
1: That's, you're probably right.
0: But Kurt Russell had been in a bunch of John Carpenter movies. So, it doesn't make sense that he's not like, hey, this is the dude I want. It's probably like a formality that, hey, we have to ask Jack Nicholson's people, we have to ask Clint Eastwood's people to get funding for the movie.
1: There's no way they're going to do it. Jack Nicholson's not going to be Jack Burton. You'll get your Kurt Russell, but we have to go through this.
0: Yeah.
1: I wonder who else is on that list.
0: Probably like Arnold Schwarzenegger maybe at that time?
1: Sylvester Stallone? Sylvester Stallone, yeah,
0: Stallone for sure. Yeah. Maybe even Chuck
1: Norris? Chuck Norris? (laughs) Yeah, you're probably right. Chuck Norris. What's the guy in the Death Wish movies? Charles Bronson? Is he in it? (laughs) Burt Reynolds is he's he's on the list. Uh,
0: that that moonlighting era, Bruce Willis, I think would be good in this movie.
1: Yeah, because he's um, again, even at, even in Die Hard, Bruce Willis is never jacked. Mm-hmm. He's always he's always got a like an element of the everyman to it, and that's I think that's a big distinction. Eighties action heroes, action stars. Versus today, um, I understand that they want us to believe that Ryan Reynolds is an everyman, but he's not. I mean, he's, you know, six foot four, probably like a 2% body fat. I mean, come on. Jack Burton has has a little layer of flesh on him. Bruce Willis, same thing. He was never you – know, Bruce Willis is probably eating cheeseburgers and stuff, drinking a lot of beer. Uh, yeah, I think you're Right. Moonlighting era, Bruce Willis could have been in in something like this. Yeah. So I read that um, John Carpenter, I had forgotten about The Golden Child. So they offered The Golden Child to him to direct, but he was like, I'm already doing a movie about...
0: Chinese mysticism?
1: Chinese mysticism. What is going on here? So he hurried to get production underway quicker, so maybe these movies wouldn't really overlap each other. Do you even like the golden child?
0: I do. I tried to show it to you. I, cause I'd, I'd like watched it when I was like in sixth grade. It was on HBO. Um, and it's Eddie Murphy. And right. I sh- I showed you when you were at the apartments in Oh four. I didn't,
1: I didn't like the, uh, effects.
0: You didn't, you, I don't think so you really liked the movie at all.
1: Um, uh, and, and in my memory is that the effects ruined it. Like, this is really bad. Um, that was when Eddie Murphy was really like, is he peaking at that point?
0: I think he, I think he probably made that movie before he had filmed and had Beverly Hills Cop come out. Okay. And so it was, it was like he was, he was Beverly Hills Cop. I think had probably already come out, but this movie was like already in the can and needed gotcha. to be released.
1: Because okay. that was always my question: he followed up Beverly Hills Cop with this? No, I
0: think he just they, they hadn't released it yet.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha, because he's not even really like the protagonist of the movie
0: in Golden right? child?
1: Isn't I mean the story is really about the the child, right?
0: No, I mean, it kind of is, but I mean Eddie Murphy's the one who has to go find him. Okay, so it's hero's journey.
1: Could Eddie Murphy have been in big trouble in little China?
0: I think so. yeah,
1: I'm not sure I'm not sure that Eddie Murphy at that point, I can't picture him shooting up at the ceiling. Rocks falling on his head and him passing out for a lot of the action. I can't see that being like part of the the story for that that era, Eddie Murphy. I think that that era, Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy's like, I'm not getting knocked out at the beginning yeah. of the fight. I'm in the fight.
0: You might be right, and that might be no, like I'm, what that might be what Hollywood wanted from an African American lead at that point.
1: Yeah, you. Yeah, it could
0: be. You should be able to do everything now, that the white American lead can do. Yeah.
1: I am I'm, uh, I like to suggest things like people like Bill Murray for roles. I don't think Bill Murray's this role either.
0: He's not physical enough to well, do this.
1: Because Kurt Russell, would you say that he became an action Was he ever an action star?
0: Well, he's in Escape from New York. He was? He's in a lot of was that he, stuff. So, I mean, I don't...
1: Was that a hit? I'm not sure if that, that was a hit.
0: It's a cult it hit for cl- sure. It has a lot of, um, a lot of acclaim now.
1: Um, He was Tango and Cash. There's a lot more action there. But was he in any big hit? Was Kurt Russell in any big hits in the 80s? They were action based. I loved Overboard. I don't know if that was a big hit. It seemed like it was probably a modest hit. But it's not an action movie.
0: I don't. I don't really think so.
1: I like Kurt Russell, though.
0: Yeah. He's our guy. He's
1: our guy. He should be in more stuff.
0: Yeah. So I, he's in he's in the Fast and the Furious films. He oh, had, he is? He has kind of like a small... He's maybe there for maybe a day or two of shooting. Um, okay. But like, he's like some kind of government official that goes in and tells them the job or something and... He's supposedly dead, but, you know, he's probably just faked his own death and everything in this, like, last film. But, like, I like it when he's in, he's in this movie for five minutes, ten minutes. I, I, get, I get excited.
1: Do you think – what effect on his career do you think Big Trouble in Little China has had? Do you think he gets cast in stuff now because he was Jack Burton?
0: Yeah. I think that's why he got Death Proof and he's in the Tarantino stuff.
1: That's, that's kind of my thought, too. That Tarantino keeps him around because he's Jack Burton.
0: Yeah, he's he's not like, hey, Tequila Sunrise.
1: So what is what is apex or peak, um, Kurt Russell? Is it this?
0: Unlawful entry.
1: <laughs> Title of your sex tape.
0: Um. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, this is. The, I mean, it, it's probably this or Escape from New York.
1: I haven't even seen Escape from New York, have you?
0: I've seen some of it.
1: And then there was Escape from L.A. Yeah, that was right like
0: about like 15 years ago. Yeah, uh, 15 years later, yeah.
1: So Big Trouble Little China is peak Kurt Russell.
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think you're right. And that's probably – that is that is more than most actors get in their lifetime is a role in a movie like that.
1: Yeah. I think I mean, you know, he's in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Again, probably because of big trouble in Little China. I'm looking to see what else he's what else he's done. He's really good. He's a good he's a good actor.
0: Break, breakdown was good.
1: I forgot that he's in Vanilla Sky.
0: Oh yeah. Vanilla Sky's good.
1: We may have to do a podcast on Vanilla Sky. Yeah. Um Well, Tombstone, he's really Oh,
0: and I think, I think he like kind of directed Tombstone because the director, someone got fired and then someone else like was on it, but like it was Kurt Russell getting the shots ready and everything and doing everything, but he couldn't be on the title as director because of Guild stuff.
1: I think I've heard that too. Yeah. You know what? Looking through. Yeah. I think there's hands down, Big Trouble in Little China with maybe Tombstone as a second place.
0: People love Tombstone.
1: People love Tombstone. I really
0: like Tombstone too, but I like, there's people that are like.
1: What about uh, Captain Ron? Do you love that?
0: I don't. I think, and I, and I don't, and that's that's a movie that I kind of saw because I was like, oh, it's Kurt Russell. Um, but yeah, I don't, if, if that was the only thing I ever saw of Kurt Russell was like Captain Ron, I'd be like, who's this loser?
1: jack burton
0: i think there's probably like less captain ron in that movie than there is there's more martin short that's martin short's movie i think
1: oh he's the dad yeah i think think so man the 80s were a weird time that's early 90s early 90s was a weird time for studio comedies yeah it was like nobody really knew what to do with things
0: have you heard of the movie pure luck
1: with Martin Short and yeah. Danny Glover, or Danny yeah. Glover, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's so like... for a while as a kid, my dad managed a grocery store, and you know some grocery stores had like video rental s- sections.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah, and so the store my dad managed um, had a video section, and so he would bring home posters, movie posters, and Brett and I would put them up in our bedrooms, and Brett um, had a Pure Luck poster <laughs> up on his wall. <laughs> The only kid in America who's not related to Martin Short, who had a poster of Pure Luck on his wall.
0: Yeah, the kind of thing happens with free posters.
1: But we never, you know, and they're always they're movies like that. We didn't have a big Trouble little China poster. No, you got you got a Pure Luck poster. <laughs>
0: The the uh, premise of that movie is Somebody's missing is Someone who has like really bad luck So they're like, let's get somebody Put them in the exact place that they disappeared That has really bad luck And we'll trail this all the way And find the person
1: is that, Isn't that it amazing that that movie got made?
0: It might be It also might be like studio execs Being like,
1: oh, this is a romp Cocaine makes you make weird decisions I guess the the IMDb tagline for pure luck, and I, I trust that this is as much pure luck love that this podcast is ever going to give to it. Uh, there's not going to be an episode on pure luck. An accountant with super bad luck is sent in search of a missing boss's daughter, also an incredibly unlucky person.
0: That's your elevator yeah. pitch right there.
1: If that's the elevator pitch, man, the person you're pitching to
0: has to be on a lot of coke. Oh, we're going to put Martin Short in it, and he's going to do all his Martin Short stuff. Oh, I'm I'm in. Well, who can we have as a like a to counter some
1: of the silliness? Well, how about Danny Glover? You mean from Lethal Weapon? Yeah, yeah. That's that's a weird, weird premise. I would be curious to know what movies uh, Kurt Russell passed on. Maybe he didn't pass on anything.
0: I don't know. I think he was supposed to be in Bull Durham.
1: Oh, really? I think maybe it's. I think didn't Kurt Russell didn't he play minor league baseball or something? He was he had some athleticism about him.
0: Yeah, I think there's there's something like that. I think he I think he may have helped develop Bull Durham, and then he had to go do something else. So they got Kevin Costner. Huh. I think because like maybe something got stuck in financing and something got delayed and then he like was scheduled for something else. Oh, that's interesting.
1: I don't I don't know that Kurt was Kurt Russell ever like was he ever one of the go-to guys? I don't know that he was.
0: I don't think I don't, I, he's 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 number 10.
1: You know like when they're when they're first pitching Independence Day, I don't think anybody's like, "All right, we better send this to Kurt Russell. Right?
0: No. Well,
1: maybe. Who would thought, he be in who would he Kurt Russell be in Independence the Day? The president. The president. That was what I was gonna say. That's the role that he would get. He doesn't get to be Jeff Goldblum or Will Smith. He gets to be the president.
0: Yeah. Or maybe he can be um, Headmaster Trask in in Independence Day.
1: I don't want to see him cowering like a, you know, are you Jewish? No, I'm not Jewish. It's perfect. No, I don't, I don't know if we want to see Kurt Russell cowering.
0: What I, what I like about Big Terminal Little China is it's not like, and I think this might be a budget thing. It isn't about like the whole world. It's really just about Chinatown and how this is affecting them and this kind of like long kind of like mythology and everything.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. So it's very it's it's focused. Yeah. The world's not in danger. Chinatown's in danger. Yeah. It's big trouble in Little <laughs> China. <laughs> yeah. As a kid, my I'm, my brother said the name of that movie. In fact, I think sometimes you still say it this way, like it's all one word. Hey, have you seen Big Trouble in Little China? <laughs> <laughs> like you know, it's not. No one. I've never heard anyone say. You know what film I love. Big Trouble in Little
0: China. <laughs> no, I think no one has said that movie title like that ever.
1: It's oh man, have you seen Big Trouble in Little China? <laughs> because because it starts with a big and an uh and a China at the.
0: End. Big Trouble in Little China, or you can the other accepted way is if you do it like the song at the end of the movie,
1: <laughs> which John Carpenter like helped perform.
0: Oh, did he perform that?
1: He did. He apparently had some band that he put together to do that in the song.
0: It's a good song.
1: I remember. So before there were like sequels were the expectation when they, when Jack, oh. they're panning out and Jack's on the truck. And then that orangutan demon thing on the back I thought, Oh, we may get more Jack.
0: Oh yeah. yeah.
1: And I wish we did. I wish we did. Instead we got pure luck. <laughs> Somebody put money in pure luck and not big trouble in Little China too. What are you going to do?
0: I don't know. I don't know. We maybe it's fine that it doesn't get a sequel. So many sequels were just kind of like a money grab. We would have been disappointed in it.
1: Yeah. Would um? Would you recast Gracie Law? No, at I, the time, was there anybody else? You no? Re- I, think gra- I think she's great. I
0: think she's great.
1: Yeah, she's great. Plus, I don't really know that many... What was Kim controlled? Maybe in her 20s? Young? I mean... Yeah, I
0: mean, or maybe she's 30. She's probably like 30. So... I,
1: mean, I don't know. Who, who's the competition? I don't know. Goldie Hawn? Jamie Lee, Jamie Lee Curtis? Jamie Lee Curtis. I don't
0: know that... Jamie Lee Curtis had been in John Carpenter films. Yeah. But also, she's, I like, want... she's making more money, I think, because she's been in Halloween and everything.
1: You're probably right. Um... I don't want Goldie Hahn in the movie. Because it, Nah, it's good with Kim Cattrall.
0: It's good. It's too slapsticky with Goldie Hahn. She's real yeah, physical. She's it. real physical comedy and everything.
1: And other than that, you have. I mean, we need James Hong as Lo Pan. We're not going to cast somebody else. I did read. You probably read this too. Did they? John Carpenter wanted Jackie Chan to be Wang. Jackie Chan, who was not an American presence at that point. And the studios were like, we don't think his English is good enough. And so, no Jackie Chan.
0: I think the, I think uh, you can learn the lines for this movie and be fine. I think that's... I like the guy who we have as Wang, Bo.
1: Yeah, sure. I don't know that he did he do anything else.
0: There's some real nice jean jacket action in this movie.
1: There is, yeah. Wang rocks that jean jacket.
0: And I love, like... I don't know where Jack Burton is, but like Wang is like taking on like 10 dudes and then Jack Burton's like, ha! And like everyone's like knocked out.
1: He's struggling to get his knife out of his boot. He can't get that. I mean, man. So that when that statue was alive and is about to slice him back, push the knife through the boot, kill the statue. That, that sentence right there is brilliant.
0: I need to be able to do all this. I'm going I'm to start wearing those kind of boots at work.
1: I think it'd be amazing. I think it'd be amazing if you dressed like Jack <laughs> Burton to work. In the kimono. And talk about yourself in the third person. You know, a kid, what's the number one reason uh, that kids get detention nowadays?
0: Being a dick to Mr. Coppage. <laughs>
1: okay. Well, you know, Mr. Coppage always says at a time
0: like this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes.
1: Detention! <laughs> In fact, that's my challenge for you. Before the, you have one more six weeks left at school, you have to incorporate some Big Trouble Little China dialogue into your interaction with the kids.
0: Okay. I got this.
1: If you have a student whose last name is Burton, you could say, before you kick him out of class, goodbye, Mr. Burton.
0: <laughs> no one's named Burton.
1: <laughs> what, what about the long cocaine fingernail that Lopin has? He's you know working. He picks wh- wh- up that knife. Like, I'm kind of amazed that he could hold it because those nails are so long. And that the crossing of the pinkies, you know, that was pre. In fact, watching um, one of the Harry Potter movies when Dumbledore fights Voldemort. Oh yeah, is it yeah. Order of the Phoenix or something.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: They have some show off showdown like that. My go to thought was, oh, this is like a low pan egg shan. Yeah. I love it. I, I, I hope that that was what somebody else on set thought.
0: They have to, right? Know.
1: They're like, okay. So they're giving direction to Dumbledore. <laughs> All right. So you are Egg Shan in this, in this scene, okay? And Ray finds you are Lopan. So channel that. The director's like, here, there's some stuff. I need you to come screen some things at my house with me before this epic battle scene. Big trouble in Long
0: China. We're gonna be able to do this scene for like ten times what this m- whole movie costs.
1: Right. Right we have thirty million dollars just to do this one scene. You guys gotta get it right. Don't forget who you are. Egg Shan pan. So the first couple takes, it's like Ray Fines shows up crossing his pinkies, yeah. he's his thumbs, and they're like, Cut, wait, what is this? You said I'm Lopan.
0: You never Don't could be me an idiot, you never, never could divide. beat me, egg shan.
1: That's right, right. And and Dumbledore's like, oh, arms back, he's gonna throw a rock at him or something. He has these magic stones that explode.
0: I like it when Jack Burton's talking to Lopan, his the old man, and he's like, Well, it'd be mean, whatever the hell Jack Burton says. And he's like, Indeed!
1: <laughs> Jack Jack like sums up what his plan is. Uh, you know, you're know, you going to come back and do all this and get away scot-free. Indeed! <laughs> like some little gremlin or something. <laughs> yeah, the genius of James Hong.
0: Yeah. What's your doggy bag? What are you taking home from Big Trouble in Little China? Um,
1: that adult life is not like what I thought it was going to be. Uh, I've never killed anyone. I have... Uh, I think in the last 20 years, I've worn a tank top one time, and it was to a water park so that I didn't sunburn badly. Um, hoagie sandwiches are not good for me. Uh, and being a truck driver is not heroic and epic. And glamorous? Like burden Burdenman. Yeah. So uh, I, I, this, this is like fairy tale for me. Uh, but it's – like you said, it's P- Kurt Russell – And it's not just nostalgia. I know it's not just nostalgia. Lacey said, I guess, seems to think that it is. The only way you can like this movie is if you saw it as a kid first. Um, I think it holds up and is a lot of fun.
0: What about you? Of course. Um, Yeah, I think this movie contributed to my life expectations problem. It's maybe John Carpenter. It's definitely my favorite John Carpenter film. It might be, I don't know if it's his best. I mean, he's done a lot of good stuff. I mean, it's up there. It's Kurt Russell's iconic film that sets him up for the next 40 years. Right. Everyone is great in this movie. Irreplaceable. The effects, this looks good. This this movie still looks good. Um,
1: and one thing about that is they didn't sh- fill it with effects. Yeah. Or, there's a lot of practical effects, I guess, but not a lot of attempts at early CGI or whatever and they were doing.
0: I think that even, like, the, the battle is, like, probably that's all lights and stuff. That isn't, like, right. compu- no computer or some other weird stuff they're doing back then.
1: That weird thing with the, the eye, the tongue with the eye, that little yeah, floating the, yeah. head thing. So, I mean, the effects there obviously look dated, but, but that's kind of it. They don't have – and then the guy exploding at the end. But what are you going to do? It's
0: 1986.
1: Exactly. Exactly. It's better than The Golden Child.
0: Well, (laughs) sure. It's better than L.A. Confidential as well. That's a better (laughs) movie. I don't know why, like, Golden Child. It's better than Pure Luck. Hot take. (laughs) That's the
1: doggy bag. Yeah, it's better than Pure Luck. And hopefully whoever uh, greenlit Pure Luck and not a Big Trouble Little China sequel was fired long
0: ago. And they can be on our podcast. We'll get them on. What was yeah. going on? We want to know. We want to know the behind the story of Pure Luck. The
1: whole podcast just starts with this thing. Okay, so Pure Luck, explain yourself. <laughs> and then it's just us listening.
0: It's probably not a very long podcast.
1: Probably not. The guy's going to be like, uh, cocaine.
0: Cocaine, um, pressure from my Martin bosses Sh- about a hit. This seemed good. Martin
1: Short's agent is really pushy. <laughs>
0: This is before he was working with Steve Martin.
1: Danny Glover uh, had a child who was about to go to college. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, What more can I say?
0: (laughs) Well, thanks for being on the show, Chad. It's always great to have you on, and um, we're going to try to have you more on this year.
1: Uh, It's always a pleasure. Always a pleasure.
0: And we are talking about Vanilla Sky, and you were talking about PTA, so we'll get kind of those lined up soon.
1: We really should do Vanilla Sky. We'll see if there's any Jack Burton elements to Big Sky. Big Sky. Big Sky and Little Vanilla. Uh, Vanilla Sky.
0: All right. And you can find us on our website, macandcheesemovies.com. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please leave a review on our show. That helps with our algorithm. Have you paid your dues? The check is in the mail. Mac and Cheese, out.